I, I can't focus unless the gun is on the table. Nothing is normal or natural or everything is game. I'm gonna start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed for freaking fire miles. We have to get out of this building. They made soup out of my research department. See, this is the, the scene of the movie where you help me out. That's exactly why I always say never visit a pyramid underneath the island off the coast of Antarctica. Hello and welcome to Wes versus Paul versus Paul versus Predator, the only podcast that I'm aware of about Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Paul W.S. Anderson. My name is Eric Anderson. And my name is Jeremy Anderson. Eric, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Great. I had to switch internet, so I wasn't... I, I uh, you dropped out for a second, but I'm I, now you're back, and I'm back, and we're both back here, fresh in 2021, looking at uh more of these Anderson films. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if this. I guess this will come out like on New Year's Eve. Maybe? Oh wow! Okay. So, okay. Welcome. Uh, so we're so still in 2020. <laughs> goodbye. So I think I speak for both of us by saying uh, farewell to the best year of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real one. Thank you for Nothing all the laughs, 2020. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy, you know, I guess we're we're back to Paul W. S. Anderson. So if you're if you are new to the podcast, um, well, apologies in advance because that means that you're probably like a Paul W. S. Anderson fan, and you're uh, you know checking out. You're you're probably thinking, hey, these guys do a whole podcast on this. My favorite director, they must really like him. And and his work, and uh, you know the premise of this of this podcast is we're covering Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul W S Anderson, and uh, Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I think I speak for both of us that uh, the Wes An- the Paul uh, W S Anderson episodes are um, usually not our favorite. No, no, they might be they might be fun for the listener to hear us squirm as we as we review a film, but. Uh, they're not our favorites to watch. I, I think that this film is like pretty much out- outclasses a lot of the other films in a lot of ways, and we'll get into yeah. it. But I, I did have a much better time watching Alien versus Predator than I did, say, watching Soldier or Event Horizon. Yeah, this is one that I was actually looking forward to. Um, yeah. It just seems like a fun. I, I just immediately. It just reminded me of like an action movie version of like Freddy versus Jason. Jason kind of a right, thing. which I is know, I like those. which is a great. It's always a great a uh, home run concept to pit two pit two things that shouldn't be in the same universe against each other to fight. It's that old like who would yeah. win in a fight, Wolverine or the Hulk? You know, like that kind of a question. And then we get it with you know Predator. And the alien aliens, but we also get it from, you know, like you said, Freddy versus Jason. That's a great movie. And I love, you know, you see uh, Freddy gets Jason in his in his world at one point in that film. And we see the showdown between them like in the dream world. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is this is this is great. You know, um, it's yeah. I do think it's funny, though, in both of these cases, how like they still try to hammer in an actual plot with human beings <laughs> and i'm like i know i'm like yeah. uh good luck guys <laughs> like we don't care about these people at all i think <laughs> yeah at a certain point the uh, i i just completely stopped caring about pretty much all of the human characters <laughs> yeah. in, in this film yeah where i don't know i mean i i guess you gotta have. You can't just have those the alien, alien and predator on there the whole time. But I guess not. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I was a little disappointed though, Jeremy. I did think this was going to be a legal drama where uh, mm-hmm. maybe like alien was suing predator for for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it would just be like a big like courtroom, uh, you know. Yeah. Thriller. It was a custody battle. Like they were married at one point. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so Jeremy, before we dive in, uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, what are we doing over there? What do, uh, what do we got going on? Lots of theme stuff, of course, for the months of October, November, and December. We have, it was all theme over there. Um, first, you know, in October, we had our Halloween month of spooks and scares. We had No Shave November, where we did films exclusively where the main character could not shave. 
And uh, don't forget December, where we had uh, lots of good Christmas coverage, along with um, this week's episode, which is our Ghostbusters 2 review. Um, yeah. It, it being we that said, it is a New Year's Eve movie. So Yes. We said, you know, we got to cover... There's so many great New Year's Eve films out there. Right. <laughs> Let's pick New the best Eve, one. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, you know, I, w- I read a book. Do you know Nick? Is it Nick Hornby or Hornsby? Uh, it might be Hornsby. The guy who wrote uh, High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to a so two two things about this book. First, it's it's a good book. It's it's I think it was called. Uh, what was it called? Uh, I don't remember. A Long Way Down, I think. And okay. it's the premise is like four or five strangers meet on top of a rooftop in New York City on New Year's Eve and they were all about to commit suicide. Oh, and then awesome. I think the premise is they all sort of like start a support group or something. I don't know. It was like a really like interesting story. I read it when I was like 17, so I, I could be misremembering oh, it. But uh, another thing about that book is I borrowed it from when I was uh, 16 or 17 from someone at my first job when I was mer- working at the movie theater and he was th- this guy, Jason. And uh, he, uh, at a certain point, I stopped working at the movie theater and stopped seeing him, but I still had his book and would bump into him like every once in a while, usually when I went to see a movie and he would always ask for his book back. Mm-hmm. And I would never have it. And uh, it got to a point where, like, literally five years later, I would be, like, not living in the city anymore. And I would come back for, like, holidays. And he was, for a while, he was working at uh, another store in the area. And I remember bumping into him, like, five years later. And he was like, hey, dude, I really want my book back. He was, like, mm-hmm. mad about it. Yeah. And, uh so, Jason, if you're out there, get in touch with me. I got, I, I still have it. <laughs> I still have that book. But he was, yeah. like, really mad about it, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good book, but it's not, you know, it's not that good. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, Alien versus Predator, obviously this is sort of a, a marriage. I was, pl- uh, I don't know if pleased is the right word, but I was... Uh, shocked to find out that there are there's more than one of these Alien versus Predator movies. Yeah, there's apparently. exactly two, right? Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's obviously sort of like a, a marriage between the Alien and Predator series. I guess these. I don't know if both of them come from uh, comic books. According to Wikipedia, they come from a, a, the concept comes from a 1989 comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any knowledge of the sort of, I guess, the comic book history of these at all? No, no, not yeah. not. At I'm all. not. I'm not really a comic guy, so I, I have no idea. But I uh, do like comic books, but this this wouldn't even be the kind of comic I would seek out. If you know, if you catch my drift. Yeah, you're more of an Archie guy. Yeah, I'm more of an Archie, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Josie and the Pussycats kind of guy. Um, this anything with like blood or violence, I sort of stay away from. So that's my right. that's but that's just me, you know. I mean, lots of people like uh, like uh, comics with sort of action and adventure and fun, and not me though. I, I say let's keep the premise. How about we're going to the burger joint and maybe we run into two girls there? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What what about uh the Alien and or Predator sort of franchises in the in the film uh arena? Have you obviously you've, I'm sure you've seen Alien. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you seen any of the other Alien or Predator movies? Well, Alien and Aliens are two, I think, all-timers for most people. I love them, um, especially those first two. I haven't really watched Aliens 3 or, uh, what is it, Resurrection? But, yeah, I like I like Alien a lot, I, I would say. Um, I even liked Alien Covenant, which was like the, the latest one with Billy Crudup in it. 
And I like that care. And even in Prometheus, which is a movie I don't like, I like uh, what's his name's performance. The guy who plays the android. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Um, um, he's from uh, Shame and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, his name uh, is Sam Levine. Uh, no, it is Bam Margera. No, it oh. is uh, no, it's uh, what's his name? Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, anyways, th- these movies are fascinating. I think the universes that they come from are fascinating. Um. The Predator movies are a little different, though. I'm not the biggest Predator movie fan. I love the first two films as like 80s nostalgia picks, but they're they're not. I don't think they are as good of, of movies as Alien and Aliens are. Um, but they are they are really fun. And Arnold, you know, Schwarzenegger is very fun. And that Predators movie that came out not that long ago, I think it was the. Robert Rodriguez produced film uh, was really good with what's his name Adrian Brody, um, or I liked it okay, you know. But yeah, I would say that these these two films, I wouldn't necessarily put them in the same tier group together. Like I think I would almost rather see Alien versus Terminator. To be quite honest, like Terminator yeah. is a much better film franchise to me than Predator, and much more interesting story and characters but and i think as we'll get into the episode today we'll find out that predator actually doesn't have any interesting characters in it (laughs) at all like that's why there's not any in this movie but other than the predators themselves i guess but what about you are you are you fans of any of these i you know i like the alien movies i'm trying to think of like which ones i saw um I actually liked Prometheus uh, because I remember I saw it in IMAX and it was mm. like one of the first movies I saw in IMAX or something. And um, I don't know. I really liked it. Uh, but um, yeah, I think I've heard like e- pretty much everyone I've heard uh, talk about Prometheus uh, said they hated it. So Really? Uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I like you know the first Alien is great. Uh, I don't even know to be honest if I've seen Aliens. Um, I haven't seen. I might have just seen Alien and Prometheus to be honest with you, uh, and I haven't seen any of the Predator movies. If I have, it was like probably when I was younger, flipping through channels on the USA Network, and I saw like. Uh, you know, part of, part of one of them, but yeah, no, I haven't, uh, I have no idea. I actually have like, sort of still like, don't really understand Predator, like the Predator character, like what his deal is. Uh, like I didn't really get any of that from the Alien versus Predator movie, but I, I did like, like that monster. (laughs) He's like cool. Yeah, I it's like I, cool to look at. I agree with you. I like the idea that they're like a hunter race of people who Yeah, I guess all they, multiple. Yeah, all they do is hunt, you know, and they have those cool they have all that cool weapons and that cool like mouth, you know. Yeah. And, and then aliens are just sort of like animals. They're not they don't really have like personality or they seem like they're like hunting packs. They're like kind of all about survival more than anything else. Um, you know, if you had to join a team, Jeremy. Yeah. You joining those aliens or <sighs> are you one of them predators? I guess I would join the predators probably. The predators seem to at least have a code. They operate by a code. Um So yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah, what about you? The, aliens are like too gross, I think. Yeah, their blood is acid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would not be into that. No, no, thank that you. Not ideal. Uh, so, Jeremy, let's dive into a little bit of the, you know, IMDb trivia. <laughs> right. Some good uh, stuff in here. Not. Yeah. Not completely so, uninteresting, I guess. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson th- said that Arnold Schwarzenegger offered to reprise his role as Dutch Schaefer from Predator. 
uh, at the end of the movie as a cameo, but only if he lost the election for California governor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was cool. Um, which he won, right? I'm he did win. That's why he wasn't able to <laughs> be <laughs> in the movie. Or maybe he lost and he was just like, psych. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, Antarctic setting of Bouvet Island is uh, based on the unexplained Vela incident of September 22nd, 1979, where a satellite recorded a flash of light near the island. It was first speculated to have been a man-made nuclear explosion or a natural event, such as a meteor strike. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's not as interesting as I... Pretty cool. It was. Uh, Ridley Scott hated the film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no James kidding. Cameron admitted that he enjoyed it and placed it third on his favorite of the Alien movies. I haven't seen all of the Alien movies, and I don't. I don't think this would be in my top three. If I had. No, in fact, I think the top three would probably be Alien, Aliens, and then Alien 3. Alien 3, I'm interested in because that's a David Fincher movie. That's his very first film he ever made is Alien 3. Um, and I bet you it's probably a little bit better of a movie than this one. <laughs> um, so this is a little backstory of... of I guess how this film came to be. So while the film languished in development hell for years, 20th century Fox considered producing a fifth film in the alien franchise. Instead, uh, James Cameron, uh, had written a script and even, uh, approached Sigourney Weaver to star and Ridley Scott to direct both of whom expressed interests. When the studio decided to use the alien and predator crossover story instead, Cameron Weaver and Scott all distanced themselves from the subject and later declared they would never work on either franchise again. Several years later, Ridley Scott ended up reworking uh, his pitch into his alien prequel, Prometheus. So how much of this do you think is like 20th Century Fox is like, hey, we like have the rights to these two things. What do you say we, you know, cross them over? Because I could see that from like a business standpoint being like, well, if this is a hit, like we'll get the fans of Alien, the Alien franchise and the fans of the Predator franchise combined and make Buko Bucks. I, you know, it's interesting because you think about the year, it's 2004. I don't know if... uh, I don't know how much the the name Alien or the name Predator really meant in 2004. Now, this movie did make uh, a little over double what its budget was, which is pretty good. Um, mm. That being said, uh, it had very negative reviews, and I just don't know if like I just don't know if Alien or Predator is very po- was very popular then. And I can tell you as of right now. Alien is a little popular because of the few films that have come out in the last decade. Predator is nothing. There is no Predator stuff, really, I don't think. Um, yeah, I feel like Alien is like, it's sort of like a cultural like uh, reference that people know for whatever right. reason. For like, you know, a few things, like the alien coming out of the chest and like a few different little, um, you know, moments. I guess may- that being the main one, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. You like don't you can go you can like walk around and like even be like a movie watcher uh and go your entire life without ever encountering the Predator movies. Oh, I mean totally. I yeah, I I wonder Yeah, I wonder like it, it does but I I there's a cynical part of me that does feel like yes, that is um that is a uh a cash grab, right? To like trying to get more, ring more bucks out of the, out of the, like the franchises themselves. You know, apparently Eric, there was a, the predator movie in 2018. Um, Uh So as recent as 2018, they have made a, the predator. Uh, I don't know how this film was looked at or viewed. Um, I got a nice thirty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so <laughs> yeah, good enough. Not probably not <laughs> not too good, but yeah. Um, 
I agree with you. It, it it seems like this was the decision that very much feels like you know a a seventy five year old man in in an office saying like, "What about those aliens?" And maybe they fight the predator. <laughs> and then you got like four other executives who are like, "I don't think those are." I don't think anyone cares about those things anymore. But they're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever you say, Mister Duvall. Absolutely, yeah." And then they, you know, then they just churn out a movie and give it to. Paul W.S. Anderson, who is such a nerd, he's probably like, yeah, oh, hell yeah, I'll direct that. That sounds great. You know, that's like right in my wheelhouse. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he's kind of good at like taking other people's intellectual property and making stuff out of it. Like for, for better or worse, that is sort of one of his gifts is, you know, here is a video game. I'll just make a movie out of it. You know, um, it's when he's doing original content is kind of when... He's at his low lowest, I, I think. Right. Um, but he's like, but you know, with Resident Evil, Mortal Kombat, both, both pretty pretty okay films, and then this to me, I think, is a little bit of a cut above Resident Evil. Maybe not as good as Mortal Kombat, or definitely not as fun as Mortal Kombat. But I th- I still think this is a pretty fun movie for what it is, and I actually don't think the action looks too bad in it. Like it actually looks. Pretty good. I like the way the aliens look, and there's a lot of great... I don't know if you read that in the trivia, but there's a lot of great animatronics in the film. Like, apparently, the yeah. the, the queen alien had way more, like, moving parts than the Jurassic uh, Park T-Rex. So it was the most expensive animatronic of its day. Which Yeah, if you that's th- pretty yeah, cool. It is pretty cool. If you think back to 2004, too, that's, like, what we're getting into CG, basically like cg is taking over like lord of the rings and spider-man and they're all coming out and they're all utilizing cg in um and we're kind of throwing out animatronics at this point um so it was cool that they used an actual live prop for this um so jeremy let's dive into the old plot of this uh of this here film so we are in 2004 a satellite detects a mysterious heat bloom beneath Bovetoya, an island about 1,000 miles uh, off the coast of Antarctica. Uh, wealthy industrialist Charles Bishop Wayland uh, discovers through thermal imaging that there is a pyramid buried 2,000 feet beneath the ice. So here's the thing. <laughs> I loved this setup. I was like, I'm kind of like a... My like dream vacation is to like go to South America and and, and you know Egypt and the places where there's like all these ancient uh specifically pyramids but like you know just like ancient uh mysterious structures and things uh especially ones that are like unexpl- like hard to explain and things like that. So this to me I was like a pyramid underneath an island near Antarctica. I'm I'm I was having a good time with this from the beginning. Yeah, I I agree. It's kind of a cool setup. I like the idea too that there's like ancient buried technology underground from like previous civilizations that we are uncovering. Like that's a that's already got me in a cool mood. I'm like I'm like into that premise. I feel like that was a premise that we used to see a lot in earlier films. It's kind of hard to pull that premise off now because it's kind of unrealistic to assume there's anything on this planet we haven't uncovered yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back in the day, I feel like, yeah, like an ancient buried, you know, pyramid with full of monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wayland attempts to claim it for his multinational communications company, uh, Wayland Industries, a subsidiary of Wayland Corporation could be a little more creative there, uh, and <laughs> assembles a team of experts to investigate. Uh, the team includes archaeologists, linguistic experts, drillers, mercenaries, and a guide named Alexa Lex Woods. Uh, what do you think of, uh, is it Sanaa or Sana Lathan? Do you know how to pronounce she, her? I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, I think, let's see if Wikipedia can help us. No. Sana. Let's say it's Sana. She seems okay. Um, not everybody on the team seems like they're that good at acting, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Ewan Bremer. Bremner, sorry. 
he's the uh, Irish guy or the Scottish guy who's, um, you know, he's a good actor. He's in like train spotting and, uh, you know, Julian Donkey Boy. <laughs> uh, here's my thing Lance Henrik- Henriksen plays Charles Bishop Wayland. So, do you know this actor, Lance Henriksen? No. Okay, so he's in Aliens. Uh-huh. He plays the character of Bishop in Aliens. Um, okay. I had to like Google, freaking freak out Google, try to find out like what it was going on with this character. Cause so in aliens, he is an Android named Bishop. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's much younger. The actor is, but he's like a, a robot kind of like in alien one. They had their like little robot who goes crazy. He, he's like a helper bot and his name is Bishop. And in this movie, he's a real person who's really old named Charles Bishop Wayland. And oh, and Wayland huh. is the industry that like funds all of the alien expeditions in the future movies too. Huh. So there's some sort of lore happening here. Yeah. And that's... I could I couldn't figure out. I think what happens is because he died. Charles Bishop Wayland dies in this movie. Spoiler. We'll get to it. But I I think what happens is they clone his like likeness and make robots out of him later. I think. Okay, but I don't. That is one I, thing. Yeah, I don't know about this movie where I I did. There were a couple things where I I, I was thinking that uh, maybe there was more to it that I would have been uh, probably if I had all the time in the world. I, I wish I would have been able to watch all of the Alien and Predator movies before watching right, this, but right. I did feel like I was missing out on a couple things. Um. Yeah, th- th- that wasn't yeah, super clear. I think he was trying... T- I think what Paul W.S. Anderson was trying to do, though, which, uh, by the way, we should also mention that he also wrote and directed this movie. <laughs> like, he does all of his movies. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, it would have been cool if that... I guess if I just knew more about the series, like you were saying, it might have meant more. But at the t- But instead, it just was freaking me out. I was like, wait a minute, what is he... Is he like a who is who is that? <laughs> you know, it's like, is, it, yeah. is he the the robot? No, he's a real person, but he has cancer. You know, there's a whole bunch of different like in Prometheus, you've got the old man who's secretly on board, mm-hmm. who like owns the company, and I think he's a Wayland also, I believe. Um, yeah, so pretty confusing, but. Nonetheless, Guy Pierce plays him. Yeah, who does Guy Pierce play in this movie? <laughs> anyway, so we can I will move, we say can move on. you you mentioned there's some there's some bad acting in this movie. I definitely agree. There's bad acting in, um, I would say mo- pretty much every Paul W. S. Anderson movie we've watched so far. Yeah, and true. I I will say like you got. I mean. You know, saying there's bad acting in a movie is does not necessarily fall on the the performers at all. Because I think, uh-uh. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm just looking at stuff. Some of the other stuff that some of these people have been in, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I mean, every single actor is really, really good in every Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and <laughs> despite of you know, their a lot of them have been in yeah. really bad <laughs> movies. So, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing to consider because I am now. That is kind of dawning on me now. Is like, yeah, I guess looking back, like I have kind of had a problem with like some of their performances. I one thing that I had less of a problem with it in this Paul W. Sanderson movie is I actually did kind of care about some of these characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I did care about Sana Lathan's character and, you know, the Raul guy, you know, so and the old guy. I was excited um, that we got Colin Salmon back. Who he Colin, pla- Colin Salmon? Yeah. yeah, he plays Maxwell Stratford. He's the black guy from Resident Evil. Okay, okay. Remember him? He like dies immediately in Resident Evil, but like he's a great character. Yeah. Well, he's back in this. And better than I, ever. I always, I always get him confused with Dan Trout. 
As a predator ship reaches Earth's orbit, it fires an energy beam aimed at the pyramid site. This is cool when we see predators like profile, sort of silhouette, Mm -hmm. looking down at the Earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, The team arrives at the abandoned whaling station above the heat source. They find a perfectly circular, unnatural tunnel running directly beneath the ice towards the pyramid. Um, kind of like the hole in, uh, well, so what was that, like, Christmas movie we just watched, that, like, Finnish Santa Oh, yeah, movie. Rare Exports. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, they yeah. Find, this hole also, uh, goes straight to Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just didn't go all the way down it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayland shows the team satellite images, uh, showing that the, uh, the passage was not there 24 hours ago. Uh, the exploration team descend the tunnel and locate the mysterious pyramid and begin to explore it, soon finding evidence of a prehistoric civilization and what appears to be a sacrificial chamber filled with human skeletons. Inexplicably, all the skeletons appear to have ruptured rib cages. So, <clears throat> can we... I'm going to go ahead and say definitively, while Paul W.S. Anderson seems to have like a pretty... Like he, he he tends to go into these movies with a pretty ambitious goal in mind. Yeah, he really loves keeping all of his characters in one location for the entire film. Like, interesting. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed that, but like Mortal Kombat, Resident Evil, this film, they're all like movies that take place in one location, and the location, mind you, is something to be explored. Like. It's usually a location that none of the characters have been to before, mm-hmm. but it kind of it, it kind of makes these movies feel way smaller than I think they actually are from the budget standpoint because it's like yeah they once they get to this pyramid that's the rest of the movie is just going to take place in different location different rooms of this pyramid like they don't go back out and go to you know russia and try to you know get in the snow or you know they go back to like you know england and have a fight at the big ben or whatever you know what i mean like they they stay Mm -hmm. in this location forever same with resident evil same with this i'm soldiers a little different i guess there's multiple locations in that event horizon that's another one all one location all just on the ship hmm yeah, that is weird. Normally, like a movie like this, they would to build up some suspense. Break, totally. You know, you break know if you think about like a mi- like any action movie, like Mission Impossible, right? There's at least four big set pieces in it, four big locations, countries they'll mm-hmm. go to, or uh, you know, Die Hard. You know, there's you know, not the first one, but maybe other ones. There's like multiple locations, but this, yeah, one one area. Uh, meanwhile, three predators, Scar, Celt- uh, Celtic, and Chopper, arrive and kill the remaining team members of the on the surface. Uh, they make their way down to the pyramid and arrive just as the team unwittingly activates the structure and are ta- uh, trapped within it. Mm-hmm. The alien queen awakes from cryogenic stasis and begins to produce eggs. Uh, when the eggs hatch, several face huggers attach themselves to humans uh, trapped in the sacrificial chamber. Chestbusters emerge from the humans and quickly grow into adult xenomorphs. I will say, going back to the seeing the skeletons with the chest bust, busted open, mm. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like even you know me, a novice to the alien world, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool little, oh yeah, you know, setup. Oh yeah, I love I love the alien specifics, like the things they do, like acid blood and bursting through your chest and having like a mouth inside of its own mouth, you know. Right. Um, is, uh, conflict erupts between uh, the predators, xenomorphs, and humans, resulting in several deaths. Uh, Celtic, <laughs> is it Celtic or Celtic? I don't know. I didn't know they had names. <laughs> yeah, neither did I, because they don't say them. And Chopper are killed by Xenomor- a Xenomorph, and Whalen buys Lex uh, and Italian archaeologist Sebastian De Rosa enough time to escape from Scar, giving his life in the process. I did think it was weird that Scar from Lion King yeah. shows up. Yeah, and he sings that song again. Right. 
That must have cost them a lot of money. Prepared. Um, oh, I was going to say... So in all of the action sequences, like when, when you, the face huggers first arrive and the xenomorphs first arrive and we're seeing people getting killed off one by one, are you, are you kind of irritated with how he's choosing to shoot these sequences? Like where it's like, uh-oh, Predator arrives and right before we see him kill a guy, it just cuts. Like I, he did that so many times in this and I'm like, this movie's like rated what is it? Was this movie rated PG thirteen? Uh, good question. If it's rated PG thirteen, I'm I'm a- kind of answering my own question. But if it's rated R, I'm like, just show us. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. I-, I guess either way, like just like, per you know, showing a threat, kind of like impose on you, and then just cutting from it as soon as the action happens. I'm like, this is just feels so cheap to me. Like you're not like the camera just zooms in really close to someone's face. And they're like, ah, and then you just see it cut away. And it's like, I want to see what happens. Like, yeah, maybe not in gruesome detail, but like, how did the xenomorph kill the, did they eat him? Did it claw him? How did, how did it kill this guy? You know? Um, yeah, there was just a lot of like, like cutting away from the action in this, in the early parts of this movie. I think later, we get to see everything and it becomes really cool when we start to see all the fights happening. But early in this movie, boy, oh boy, it cuts away from all the good action. Also, um, you don't see a xenomorph or a predator for the first 45 minutes of this movie. <laughs> Is that how long it takes? <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. And you don't see them actually fight until an hour into the movie. Interesting. And it's only um, an hour and 40 minutes long. So I'm like, wow, they, they spent a lot of time not showing us things we yeah. care about. <laughs> uh, the two witness Scar kill a facehugger and a xenomorph with a shuriken before unmasking and marking himself with the blood of the facehugger. After Lex and Sebastian leave, another facehugger attaches itself to Scar due to him not wearing his mask. You guys, you got to wear your mask. All yeah, right? come on. I mean, Easiest way to prevent um, a- an alien versus predator situation. <laughs> situation wear, your, wear your mask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, through translation and of the pyramid's hieroglyphics, Lex and Sebastian learn that the predators have been visited, uh, visiting Earth for thousands of years. I love a like situation, uh, like a Jumanji type situation, yeah. where like <laughs> halfway through a movie, we just get like the story is just furthered because someone is able to like crack a code or translate something. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. it's, it, it feels kind of like easy, but I guess it, it like works in this situation, I suppose. But, uh, Oh man, I just had flashbacks. Remember the thing in event horizon where the be- whole beginning of the movie it, at the beginning of the movie, they make like a huge deal about, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this guy's like translating like an audio recording yeah. of like a monster or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And he's like, it's this. And then at the very, at, like towards the end of the movie, he's like, no, I actually, I heard it wrong. And it was this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, in, it, yeah, it was like in regards to them, like saying like, it was like, instead of like, they thought it was like, uh, the, the message ended up like help us or something, but they thought it was like something less threatening or whatever. And, and, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, introducing that into your film is kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is easy. It is pretty stupid. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it's not like, oh, that's like one stupid thing in, in the middle of other, uh, a movie full of smart things. It's like, of course it's that <laughs> in this <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> um, it was they who taught early human civilizations how to build pyramids and were worshipped as gods. Uh, every 100 years, they visit Earth to take part in a rite of passage by which several humans sacrifice themselves as hosts for the xenomorphs, creating the ultimate prey for the predators to hunt. I'm fine with all this. I was like, mm-hmm. this is an alien versus predator movie. Uh, this is as pretty as wacky as I figured the justification would be. Yep. Yep. Seeing all those aliens run up the 
pyramid was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, as a failsafe, uh, if overwhelmed, the predators would activate a self-destruct device to eliminate the xenomorphs and themselves <coughs> to deduce that this is why the current predators are at the pyramid and that the heat bloom was a ruse to attract humans to the site for the sole purpose of making new xenomorphs to hunt. Uh, Lex and Sebastian decide that the predators must be allowed to succeed <coughs> in their hunt so that the xenomorphs do not escape to the surface. Uh, Sebastian is captured by a xenomorph, leaving only Lex and Scar to fight the xenomorph. Scar uses parts of a dead xenomorph to fashion weapons for Lex and the two uh, form an alliance. Are we supposed to, like... Were you, like, keeping track of, like, the different predators here? Because I gotta no. be honest, they were kind of all the same to me. Yeah, I didn't even know there were three, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought there was two of them, and then one died. Uh, but here's what I'll say. This premise rules of, like... Sure. Of, like, a predator who's like, hey, <coughs> human lady, help me... Um, Help me hunt these xenomorphs. <laughs> like, I love them teaming up together. Like, that that should have been this whole movie. They should have introduced that idea in the first yeah, 20 cool. minutes of the film and then had the rest of the movie been, like, a little adventure story of, like, them not really seeing eye to eye. One of them's a predator. One of them's a human woman. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. they don't get along, but it's, like, learning to work together with somebody you don't understand or something. Like, that. that, to me, is, like, a great compelling premise for a movie um i i guess like at this point we're kind of like oh predators are actually the good guys and the xenomorphs are the bad guys but it was the predators who started this right yeah i think so so they're the bad guys also yeah um yeah i don't know i think like i don't know i think this is another thing with this movie where it's like i mean it was kind of the same way with like like freddy versus jason where it's like you got like huge halloween fans and huge nightmare on elm street fans yeah and you get these like f mega fans going in and they're cheering for one or the other you know what i mean and it's kind of like uh i don't know um yeah, I think that, I, I don't know, those two, th that movie's insane, by the way. Have you ever seen uh, Freddy vs. Jason? Brother, I watched it this year. <laughs> nice. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it, but it is uh, completely batshit insane, and it's another <laughs> yeah. and it's another instance where you don't care about any of the human people in it. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's exactly what you signed up for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Xenomorph Queen, using her own acidic blood, is freed from her restraints and along with the other Xenomorphs, begins pursuing uh, Lex and Scar. Just as they are about to escape, Scar detaches and uses a bomb in his wrist module to destroy the pyramid and the remaining Xenomorphs and eggs. Lex and Scar reach the surface. However, the Xenomorph Queen has... Uh, survived and continues chasing them. They defeat the queen by hooking her chains to the whaling post's water tank and pushing it off a cliff, dragging her to the ocean floor. Uh, Scar, however, had been impaled by the xenomorph queen's tail and succumbs to his wounds, dying. It's <laughs> a funny sentence. Um, yeah, all right. R.I.P. Scar. Uh, yeah, bummer. Predatorship uncloaks, uh, and uh, yeah, uncloaks, and several predators appear. They retrieve the fallen comrade, and an elite predator presents Lex with one of their spear weapons as a gift. Yeah. Uh, the other predators recognize her skill as a warrior by the symbol that Scar burned on her cheek before he died using alien blood. Uh, the predator's spaceship flies off, leaving Lex behind. Lex walks over to a snowcat and leaves the <laughs> area. Uh, the predators leave Scar's body on a plinth. I don't know what that yeah. is. What's a plinth? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in front of a window on the ship. Moments later, a predalien <laughs> with alien and predator traits erupts from Scar's chest, leading into the events of Requiem. Whoa, man! Is there has, has there ever been a word in the history of film that means less than the word requiem? 
I know. It's so, uh, yeah. It just means it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Ooh, seems like uh, maybe maybe <laughs> worth a little, sh- maybe worth yeah. taking a look. It's bad enough to be good. Yeah, it's not a, uh, this is not a Paul W.S. Anderson film. This is The Brothers Strauss directed this. <laughs> I don't know what the Strauss brothers, um, let's see what they also have done. They did uh, that movie and a movie called Skyline. <laughs> huh, all right. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, what'd you think of Alien vs. Predator? Did you like it? Yeah, I did like it actually, and uh, and you know what? I would, um, I'd even recommend it. I don't think it's oh interesting. Yeah, I I would say go see it if you want. If you're if you like aliens and you like predator stuff, even if you just like one or the other, I'd say see it. It's it's fun. Um, I don't love the look of the predators. I'll say that, but the all the fights between the predator and the xenomorphs were I thought really actually well done. Like I liked watching him like cut off like the different limbs of the alien and having all that acid get on them and like it's like the predator had to like kind of figure out in real time like oh this shit burns me if I do it this way I got to figure out different ways to kill the the xenomorphs I thought they felt like pretty evenly matched and I just like loved the way that they looked and moved the xenomorphs in the film I I I actually thought it like in the queen really works for me as a concept and. You know, they both just seemed ap- appropriately dangerous. And I do mm-hmm. like the idea of teaming up with a human woman with, like, body parts <laughs> yeah. of a another xenomorph to, like, go fight. It was just cool. It, did, it had a, there, There's parts of this movie that are just really, really cool. I do think, though, it takes, like, an hour to get into. And, like, that's just too yeah. long. Like, why? <laughs> why? I, like... The chances of me turning, if I didn't have to cover it for a podcast, the chances of me turning off this movie because it was just too boring <laughs> it w- it are really high, you know? So, anyway, um, what'd you think? Well, what do you, Chucky Freckles, what do oh, you Oh, yeah, good question. Okay, let's see here. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.75. Not too shabby. That's actually pretty good. I Okay, yeah, here's my thing is I also gave another film a 2.75 that I'm going to bump up to a 3. <laughs> and what that movie is the, was this? That's the movie Hard 8. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think I this movie that. is not as good as Hard 8. That's That's fair. <laughs> I like that we're finally in like the second guessing phase of our yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. During the Resident Evil episode, I think I like down, like I I decreased my shopping score. You did <laughs> decrease your shopping score. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Yeah. Event Horizon still at a one. Soldier at a one point five. I do think this is a whole point and a whole point one point five better than Soldier. So, yeah, I I agree with that. But it's not, I do think it is not as good as Mortal Kombat. No, no, I think that was, I think we peaked pretty early with the Paul W.S. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, What about Uh, you? So what did you think and what are you going to give it? So this movie uh, was exactly what I was expecting. Um, And uh, I was expecting to to have some fun. So, you know, I, I thought this was pretty fun. Um, I had like less of a problem with the normal things that I have problems with, with his movies, uh, which was, you know, a relief. Um, I, I mean, it's just like we got into, a, uh, like, I just straight up did not enjoy Event Horizon or Soldier. Like, I felt like I was just like, like, oh, I have to do this. Right. You know what I mean? And, oh, I, yeah. and, you know, that's like, it's, that's not necessarily like fun to like have to do some like watch something you're not into but i actually like this one kind of delivered a little bit for me um that being said i didn't um i don't know like i mean 
Yeah, I guess I, I'm gonna rate this based on like what I think this movie is like, um, sort of uh, uh, advertising and what you mm-hmm. get from it. And okay, I think that it's 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 pretty much pulling pulling that off. Um, so, but on the on another end of it, I did still like not you know love it like i i'll probably I, i'll be fine if i never see this movie again um i guess i'll give it like a 2.5 love I that love which that i think is pretty good for my history with uh, paul ws anderson it's uh you know but uh jeremy yo i think it's safe to say we're not we're not going to do uh alien versus predators <laughs> requiem <laughs> I mean, there's a ch- there's always a chance that we could do it on the bonus. I guess feed. someone could, yeah. If someone, you know, if you do sign up for that uh, fan request tier, I, I suppose we would be forced to cover. Absolutely, Requiem. and and I feel like here's here's more to the point of how I feel about covering Alien vs Predator Requiem is that I would actually much rather cover the Resident Evil sequels that aren't directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, then this, <laughs> then the sequel to this. <laughs> okay. So uh, if we're not going to do that, we're definitely not going to cover Alien vs. Predator Requiem. So I think that's that's where my that's where I'm drawing a line in the sand is. If we do that, then we definitely got to cover the Resident Evil ones, and then that means we're covering like eight times as many of Paul W.S. Anderson's stuff as like Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jeremy... I guess uh, you know. Sign up for that Patreon. Happy New Year! Thanks yes. for uh, you know, you know, getting uh, listening to the, the show. I, I gotta say, like revisiting like uh, a lot of these movies and Twin Peaks uh, were probably like some of the highlights of my year. Oh yeah, you know it's it's been a rough one, but uh, great to ha- it's so nice to have uh, so many great you know uh, listeners and. Um, yeah, so anyway, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy if you want to support the show or get some uh, pretty pretty sick bonus content. Uh, and Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.